0: From the vault, high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholics.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. It's Carrie Janice here, and I am here once again with my good friend Mike <laughs> Walsh. Good to be with you.
2: Good to be with you, Carrie. I feel like it's been a while. I know. I was thinking
1: the same thing as I said the opening. I'm like, it's been like a couple episodes. Like, yeah, yeah, I missed yeah.
2: It. It's uh, yeah, because we. I had a
1: good run for a while. You
2: did. Then. You were. I think you were four straight. I don't know if they all made it on the air four straight, but they were four straight. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see you for a month. And uh, well, welcome back. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah. The uh, and and actually, it's been a it's been a sort of a nice run. We've had a, we've had a lot of interesting conversations over yes. the past couple of weeks. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you go back and check uh, the podcast we did with our award-winning Talking Saints host. I
1: saw that. I have not listened to it yet, but it. I, I'm so happy for them. They're great.
2: They really are. Laurie Power and Pete Sanchez. Uh, Pete Sanchez used to be the co-host of this show. And then uh, he got pushed to the side by Carrie and two other hosts. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They, uh, no, no. It's he said, Pete,
1: fo- watch out. Let me in. No, <laughs> no Pete Pete's was, so great.
2: Pete decided to focus more on uh, his work as a writer for the Catholic Star Herald. But uh, he's still doing a monthly show with Lori Power all about uh, the saints. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been recognized two years in a row for, uh, for Best Diocesan Podcast last year second place this year first place so we wanted to do an episode just about them and if you haven't had a chance Great. to listen to it yet I hope you will go back and listen to it because um, I actually learned quite a few things out of it I know you have strong devotions to saints Carrie yes. but uh, I, I have to admit that the in my forty-eight years as a Catholic, I've never developed a strong one, well, and I couldn't tell you why. This is why we
1: started to hang out, so I can evangelize to you about all these I'm a, things. I'm now. afraid
2: which th- saint you'll throw my way if I if I start taking Let's your cues. See, yeah. Well, yeah, I, we talked about this last week, but uh, you know, uh, you know, oh man, I, they just popped out of my head. I'm just thinking, wh-
1: mine or no, mine. Oh.
2: St. Francis of Sales. That's what I was around. Oh, St. Go. Francis of Sales is always the obvious one for a journalist mm-hmm. like me.
1: I thought you were like, what did, what did you say to me the one time I'm more Ignatian style? Was
2: ha- it? Well, it, I'm not so I'm so much Ignatian, but the the idea that I went to school with Jesuits, okay. I'm probably go. more Jesuit oriented. I don't know. I wouldn't want to insult uh, uh, St. Ignatius, Ignatius,
1: Ignatius of my <laughs> by, by
2: saying that I was uh, necessarily Ignatian. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, so it was a great conversation. But uh, but I did, you know, you were originally going to be the possibility of, of co-hosting that episode with me I and know. one of the things i wanted to ask you was your devotions like which i know oh, okay. we've talked a couple times but if you could like list them like who are
3: your yeah chief I, have, I have some like
1: big top big ones so saint john paul ii mm-hmm. who my son is named after that's his namesake he has always been uh just dear and near to my heart and then when me and my husband met like i kind of introduced him to him and we later got to go you know years down the road through our marriage got to go to the canonization of his mm-hmm. and that was our first time in rome so it was just so memorable for for us and he was just just such such a big heart for the youth and the young church and that's where really where my devotion stirred, and he was my pope you know growing yeah. up that was who i knew as pope so He's number one, I would say, going, well, of course to bless the mother, but she goes without saying, okay? And then St. John Paul II and St. Mother Teresa, they're yeah. kind of like tied one and two, like they kind of flip flat back and forth, I would say. It just depends on what we're going for. So when it's like service and um, you know working with the poor, working with those in need, of course i mean we see mother Teresa all over that and i was also blessed to be at her canonization mass so two for two my two top saints that kind of (laughs) flip-flop and then after that it kind of like goes around to different ones saint joseph has been like really pulling rank lately really yeah yeah so that has been pretty cool to see his work um in my life and then uh let's see well, some servant of God, servant of God, Maria Speranza. She's she's Naturally. on her way to sainthood. We hope God willing, she'll be a saint one day. Saint Anthony, he's a big one. Mm-hmm. A lot of Italians like him though, so that's no surprise no there. Surprise there. Mm-hmm. And then Saint Bridget, actually, which oh. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit because oh, yeah, you're, you're wearing Saint Bridget's yeah, right there. So, um,
2: well, you know, actually, those are some of my faves. In addition to that, um, I was also curious, who in the world, living or dead, you know, mm. do you think will be should be on that list of? of of saints in the future, people who should be canonized. Oh my God!
1: We, I always joke. There's going to be a saint, Father Maz of Williams Town one day. So <laughs> he's he's my number one. A perfectly I would say. reasonable. There, hope. there it is. I mean, he's my boss. Yeah, but he, I've known him for years. I think uh, yeah. he, he truly is. Really uh, embodies what a That's saint. You know what we hear about the saints, especially those that were priests. You know how they just love their church and and lay their life down for it. And to me, that that has been the greatest witness in him. So
2: that's really sweet, actually. I I, I like to I like to hear that uh, our pastors are people Mm -hmm. that we think should be canonized. That's that's really wonderful. And it's
1: funny because like back when I was in college is when I met him, and I remember people saying that, and I just didn't like right away. It took me a little while, I think, to kind of understand his spirituality and and get to know it and just it was different from what i had known from my i guess younger years of childhood and high school before college yeah and people would say that i'm like why is he so special (laughs) and like now you know i am one of those people that just like you know i'm a father mazer you know just all about it
2: now my wife's a father mazer i'm a father mazer i've known him for half my life probably
1: now how about you turn the tables who's Who's your... People
2: uh, I know currently? Yeah. Pfft, none of you. None <laughs> of you are going to make it. A st- and it stops with whoever the... Le- no, I don't... I don't, actually don't know. I uh, I have such a low opinion of people that it's hard for me to uh, think terrible. positive. I know. I am, I am awful. I, I really don't know, to tell you the truth. I, I, I actually like being surprised when I hear uh, people being named as blessed And, and cause it's like, oh, boy, that's really great to hear. We could use a few more saints. Yeah. But I
1: don't know. That's yeah. a good question. We need more from the States. So we all got a lot of work to do here. All right. There so. you go.
2: They carry Here is is the uh,
1: charge. No, listen, I tell my youth all the time, we're called to be saints, right? And Mm -hmm. this is the life we have to live. And I want to be one. I said, I pick out my prayer card. I've picked out what my medal's going to look like. Well, here's the problem. I just got to get there, <laughs> and now, that's the hard part.
2: Here's the transition that we're going to go from that into this. Oh, all right. Here we, we, we've we've talked a couple of times about uh, some of your loves. Obviously, youth ministry is mm-hmm. one of your primary loves, and your family, of course, is mm-hmm. one of your primary loves. Uh, certainly, talking about the saints uh, is one of your is one of your loves. We talked about it regularly. Uh, but the other thing that's one of your loves, and actually, the first time I ever met you, this is true, was. Uh, playing softball on the softball and yeah. as someone who's played softball with you i know for a fact you're not gonna i am be surprised if you're making it to heaven let alone right. become saintly. I know. You
3: honestly, a saint honestly i
1: always competitor. think this is like the downfall of my life and it brings me to confession a lot because like it's a total different side that comes out when you get competitive yeah. it's really crazy and uh yeah definitely keeps me humble <laughs> that's for sure
2: well our episode today is about is one we've been wanting to do for a while oh, Yeah, so uh, you and i got to meet because we were both part of the I Austin Softball League, which was many years ago for me when I could still run. Um, but uh, my team would often play your team. My team would tend to get crushed by your team. I would develop a hatred to your team, and you in particular. And Thanks. then we'd all be friendly afterwards. So yeah, that was, it was nice. It was good. Um, but no, the, the the Diocesan Softball League for yeah. the for the Camden Diocese is it's such quite a treat. A,
1: such a great part of our diocese. Yeah, and so for it's, so long.
2: Yeah, really. So tell us a little bit about it, because you've sort of been there. for Yeah, the... I
1: think I was one of the first uh, one of the first teams. We're gonna give a nod to John Kalitz, who is your kind of coworker. Yes, you say your
2: uh, on, your on slave. A, on a, I don't know. I will never say it's true, but I won't actually (laughs) say that. Yes, no. He's the the, the director of uh, digital media for, uh, or the digital media manager for the Camden Diocese and the Office of Communications. But
1: before that, he was at Holy Family. He was, and he had this idea to start up a league and kind of contacted some of us. I think he was the coach at the time or maybe just a strong player. And uh, he he had this idea to start and kind of got it started there. with Holy He family. definitely
2: wasn't a strong player because I remember playing okay, was, with him. He but he was okay definitely a, he ca- okay a character. I'll but then he switched
1: over to Our Lady of Peace and then we just cut him and that was it. <laughs> but anyway, um, he had this idea and kind of contacted a few of the teams. We got some t-shirts, played some games. It was fun. And then the next season seemed to kind of really roll into something that has now become what our league is and it's really because of a lot of the people that are in this room with us today because they really put a lot of hard work of volunteer hours to make it a really great solid league with solid rules, umpires, I mean gosh when we go back and we see like we were making our own calls the first year and just like okay we need umpires and now we need these rules and yeah. rules change through the years and we saw it really just unfold to, to really a great Great, great league that it is today, and it's, it's been and, awesome. Yeah,
2: and it may seem strange, to, I guess, to some folks that there'd be a spiritual element to, or, or that there'd be athleticism in our spirituality, but that's not. Bizarre at all, actually. Yeah,
1: I think there's a lot of church leagues out there. Uh, my husband always calls it church league. It's church league because he's played <laughs> played in other leagues, you yeah, know, right. around, and he calls it the church league. And but I think it's kind of a known thing through churches. But I really do think the way ours has developed, um, it's a, I, I want to say a step above, but there is a lot of. It's not just like
2: look, you're even competitive we, comparing our league to right? other leagues. Oh,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying this because I think like it, it has really gained so much. Um, Oh, what's the word, momentum, mm-hmm. that the level of play is pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a good level of play. It's yeah, not. Yeah, I know, I was a free agent this year. It's I didn't really, get picked up by it's anybody. Re- it, but but at the same time, it's about the faith. Yeah. And that's where the church and the evangelization and the faith is all incorporated. I mean, we're we're really blessed uh, to have some of the priests play through the years. It's just been really, really fun. So I wanna say who's here with us today, because these hey, guys are all part them. of it. That's so awesome. I'll start over right here.
0: Yes, my name is Fada Tanfam. Uh, originally from uh, Christ Redeemer Parish. Uh, Recently uh, a bishop has transferred me to Holy Family. So I decided to uh, continue to finish out uh, with Christ Redeemer Parish uh, for this year. Uh, I'm the coach and the player for Christ Redeemer Parish. So recently been transferred so I I have passed that on to another team player as the coach. Mike DiDonato.
2: I should also note that Father Farn was another player I hated playing against because he's very—he's <laughs> almost impossible to strike out and forget trying to throw him out going to first. He's the fastest priest I've ever seen in my life.
1: After today's game, we we had a game earlier today against him. I said, "What you be- are you betting a thousand this season?" Because like, you don't get out. No. <laughs> he's amazing.
4: Up next, hi Phil Muldoon, uh, Holy Family Parish. Um, I had the pleasure of actually being with Holy Family as a team from the very start.
1: Now, were um, you the coach or was John?
4: Actually, it was uh, Kevin McNamee. Oh, Claire McNamee's Kevin, husband. Yeah. Uh, but John was the mastermind. Yep. Um, and then he took over for a couple of years and then when he left to the diocese, he asked me to take over and I've been coaching I guess the last seven years now and um, as I said, you know, I was there from the beginning. Um, not saying it's any grand thing or whatever it is, but I've seen what the league started as and what it's become and, from a faith perspective from a just a, a grassroots people perspective um it has exceeded what i ever thought it would be yeah. Agreed. Um, Agreed. you know we had a game tonight and you know we played against st charles and we played against them for what 10 years now and every single game win lose draw whatever it is um same thing playing against you carrie um you leave the game and there's not a single person there i wouldn't say hey Let's go out and get a drink or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, or let's sit down and talk like we are here. Uh, because we're just as easy talking about our faith with everybody as we are talking about um, how bad I did <laughs> <laughs> Commiserating, occasion. whatever we <laughs>
1: exactly. may be doing, yeah.
4: And batting third. <laughs> Hi, Sean Walsh. I'm at St.
3: Charles Borromeo Parish, um, the coach and player. And as uh, with Phil and Carrie, I've been with St. Charles since the beginning, since uh, the first kind of pickup games back in 2010. And uh, we were we were talking about it a week ago uh, with a couple of guys on the team. I think there's still nine players on our team that wow. have that have been there from the very beginning. It's really it's a really uh, a great thing. Yeah, uh, you know we. We gather new people in the parish, you know, through the years, but we don't seem to lose too many people. Like we get people and they wanna stick around. Uh and they wanna stick around for exactly what the league is. Uh as Phil said and, and as uh, Father Fam and Carrie and have said, uh this is a league that, you know, it's a com it's a league that where the teams compete. Make no mistake about it. They play to win. They come out there and they hustle and they and they work hard and they wanna win the game. But before the game, after the game, the, the fact that we gather and we pray and we hang out afterwards together as teams, even though we just competed for seven innings mm-hmm. hard, we hang out after and we represent as as fellow Catholics. It's really a great thing and a, and a blessing and something I'm very proud to be a part of.
2: Yeah, agreed. You know, I'm curious, you know, in the beginning, since everyone's basically here from the beginning, how did the teams form? Like how did like who reached out to another church and say, hey, you want to you want to play against us?
1: I remember John Kalitz contacting me. That's Man, what we really I remember. So we should have, so we yeah. <laughs> what, was, what were we thinking about? I mean, it would only been for the first five minutes, and then, and we then just move on with saying. the rest of the season. So hey, sorry, John. <laughs> but um, now he's such a good guy. He forget. I always think back him getting that started, and I race. Those are the two things I remember, and about the same time frame it was when he and when he was there at Holy Family. He did great work. So he reached out and emailed to me. This is my perspective, and then maybe you guys can share yours because you were early on, and. I remember seeing the email, and I was in my first year here as youth and young adult ministry. And the young adults was at the time 18 to 25 years old, and you had to be 18 over to play. So I had a team right there within the young adults, and they were you know young, vibrant, energized, ready to play guys and girls. Actually, it was a co it's a coed league. Um, so you know I, I was ready to play. I played in high school and all growing up and all, and I was just like, let's do this, guys. And then we soon quickly like saw some of the girls that jumped out to play that didn't really have experience were like, yeah, this might not be the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> you might not, so we had to kind of like sift through that a little bit in the beginning, because at first it just, I hate to say it, but it maybe it was like kind of like something you would just go to like a picnic and just say, let's, let's just play, you know, the pickup games, right? But then soon we saw like, you know, there was a competitive nature to it and um, and people that had real talent. And um, so we really started to see like, okay, who from our group can hold their own and, and wants to stick around. And, and some of the people just naturally phased themselves out when they saw what the game was like. But yeah, we started with our young adult group and, Just like Sean mentioned, we probably have about, I would say five or six still. I'd have to sift through the list, but there are some still OG people with us that um, are still in those same positions today playing with us (laughs) and have phased out from our young adult group that got moved up to 28 years old at a certain point, and they're still beyond that. They're now 29, 30 years old because the league has been around for um, 10 years now so it's yeah. been uh, really you know just really fun to see I don't know how Phil how do you remember it because was, John was in your parish so
4: right well I mean it's <laughs> essentially the way I found out about it was I was sitting in Sunday Mass and Father Hughes was uh, you know gave up his homily and said we have you know John Kalitz is going to come up to speak and <laughs> he came up and started talking about playing softball and my wife is poking me saying you should get out there and I said no, no, I <laughs>
1: That's fine. It's not,
4: but it's going to hurt. So after John's talk, we saw it in the bulletin. I showed up at the first practice, and there were 50 people out there. Wow. And at first, I'm like, there's no way in the world I'm going to make this team. Um, I mean, at the same time, you had deacon Jerry, You had uh, um, a couple of the, the priests came out. and Essentially, there were a bunch of people there, some of which I knew, um, from seeing them at church and also interacting with them. And a lot of people I didn't. And um, I started coming to a couple practices after that, and John was always big on, um, we're not here to cut you. If 50 people show up, 50 people are going to play. I remember that. And that was important to me because, you know, it would have stopped very quickly for me because I was there because I was a Catholic and I wanted to be able to interact more with the people of the same faith. But if... I was going to go to a couple practices and then get cut. It wasn't going to do me any good in terms of doing that. And then what was I going to do? So I really, you know, going to give credit a lot to John for setting that up, um, you know, as part of the league inclusion, that if you want to come out and play, you'll come out and play. And I've kept that going. You know, I think that's the one thing that John started that I really thought was important in terms Mm -hmm. of making sure not only people stayed on the team, they played the field, they batted, you know and I, I at this point i'm very happy to say that before the virus hit we had a roster of 24 players right and you know when i guess when i took over one of my negatives was well, we got to win holy family hasn't won this championship yet we've been around <laughs> for 5 years and you know i've seen our lady of peace win i've seen st charles win uh and everything else and and it, it's fantastic let's go win and everything else and it seemed to take a lot away from the players and then i learned that it's not about that sure it's nice
0: Mm
4: -hmm. you know but the benefit of practice was we'd get together and we'd learn about each other and we could talk about you know father hughes's homily father John's homily um you know what was going on in our lives try to help each other out and During it all, we'd hit a few ground balls and get some batting practice in and everything else. Um, But I think it's the practices that build up uh, our team and the way that we looked at at the league. Um, And, you know, I can honestly say, like I said in the beginning, when we play against St. Charles and and Sean's team, we play against you, Carrie. play against you, Father. Um, The sense is that this grows out of our faith you know we every once in a while you get a player to show up on a team and that's all they want to do they want to hit the home runs you know this isn't like my my sunday softball league and everything else and sooner or later they're not there anymore um and that's okay if that's not where they want to be but we're here to include them as much as everybody else
1: mm-hmm. nice um
4: so you know that that's what you know i've learned um and it's helped me grow uh in my faith as well as I'm, I'm not any better as a softball player. In fact, I'm going down as you But um But there, there's never a time I'm not happy to go to the field and play a game. How about you, Sean? How were
2: how those early years at uh, St. Charles?
4: Well, I
3: remember, uh, I actually, my, my dad, Tom, was the coach. And I remember uh, him calling me up and saying, hey, they're forming a softball team at St. Charles. I said, to do what? I said, "Who are we playing and where are we going?" He said, "Don't worry about it. Just show up at the field on Tuesday at six o'clock. Uh, I'm going to drive around town to see if I can get us a field somewhere." Yeah. And we wound up playing all over the place. Bunker Hill School in Washington Township, I think. You know, and uh, we I met people I hadn't met before. You know, it's one of those things. If you always go to four thirty mass on Saturday and you meet somebody who only goes to nine o'clock mass on Sunday, you're like, hey, we go to the same we go to the same parish. You know, we go to the same church. It, it was there was a lot of that. I met people that I hadn't met before. Or maybe I knew when I was younger and hadn't seen them in, in many years, and this core group came together. And my dad was a coach, and it was a lot of fun, and way more, way more fun, and way more about the fellowship than I had ever experienced before. I played, you know, in other uh, competitive leagues around South Jersey, and this wasn't that. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so is it's not that it's not a you know load up for a tournament or, or load up for you know for then in the season. This is about uh, having a team and being part of a faith and part of something bigger, bigger than that, and and making sure that that experience exists every game with with all the teams. It's and you. You fight some tendency sometimes to uh, kind of slide back into you know forgetting where you know forgetting what the league is about and forgetting the mission of the league and you always look to reinforce that and I think that's one of the great things with the coaches that we have in the league. Uh, our first meeting before the season, we reset. Every year, making sure that what are what is the mission of this league? What are what are our values and what are we about? And I think that reset every year helps us. Absolutely, uh, we yeah. had a great meeting. You know, obviously it was all moot uh, once uh, once COVID hit and you know I mean we were kind of isolated for a long period of time. But we had a we had a great meeting, and I, I think the fact that we re- reinforced those values and reinforced our, our mission as a league was just an outstanding thing. But those those early years were just a lot of that. A lot of we don't have an umpire, so we're going to use a map to call <laughs> balls and strikes. And 10 balls for a walk, 12 balls oh for a gosh, walk. There's a lot of things. If you look back on it now, a lot of we cringing, laugh. a lot of like, woof, boy. Uh, you know, the base coaches called outs on the bases. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we got through it, with all of that. We got through it with rarely any complaining and rarely, yeah, rarely any true. arguments out on the field, which again is a testament to the, the quality of people that were coaching and helping to stand this league up in the beginning. It was really, we were really blessed.
2: Father Farm, you've had sort of an interesting role in the in the league. You've actually played on a number of teams, right? Because you've you've had the benefit (laughs) (laughs) of sort of moving around
0: between the. Is it also retired
1: jersey number three? Yes. (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, I actually, uh, when I was ordained a priest in two thousand and seven, St. Rose of Lima Parish, and uh, I found out that there's an uh, uh, ecumenical league first at first mm-hmm. so I said okay uh, let's start a team and so I talked to uh, my pastor for uh, my John Frey let's start a team I play baseball in high school so uh, I, I know sports I can run the team and all that and we did so um, Catholic feel too. Uh, your, your team early on a lot of people came out then eventually I said we got to divide this team up <laughs> so everybody get to play uh, as much as possible so we got St. Rose 1 and St. Rose 2. <laughs> so sometimes we oh, compete each that. other. Ah, I are Like competing ourselves. which was kind of nice. And, uh, and then the second uh, parish, uh, uh, Incarnation Parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, the third one is uh, Christ Redeemer Parish. Uh, some of the main points that I would like to share is that uh, it's really bring us together. I have to say that whenever I start a, a team, I had no idea how many people were gonna come out I'm new to the parish, I don't know them, they don't know me, like, how, how are they gonna come out? So I always pray God, like, somehow like, give me enough people so then we can uh, start uh, to get going. And we did, every single parish that I started, very happy, most of them I would say, I've never seen them before. Yeah. And eventually the good thing is that they slowly get back to church too. And I still remember uh, one couple, we still friends from St. Rose, the, the first team that we were together. Remember, we we're like very competitive too. Uh, I'm very competitive You may you know very well. <laughs> so we were very competitive. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So uh, we normally like after every single game, like almost the whole team, we gather after the game at St. Rose now and then we, we uh, gather at the, the, the uh, 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 team member's house, then we chit chat, have a few beers, and then we uh, have a post-game show, and the type like, oh, should I a slide that one? Yeah, if we may, make that play, mm. a lot of fun. We said, wow, yeah. I, I sat there and said, wow, these people start to come together, they don't know each other that much, yeah. but because of Sopo gather them, and then mm-hmm. they start to be able to uh, have that fellowship, that fellowship, and then another couple, I remember at the Incarnation Parish, how uh, uh, the, uh, the, the wife now eventually, uh, they were not married and yeah. then they're living together and, the, uh, and uh, the, 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 the woman really wanted them to get married. And they came out for saltball obviously. So that's when the woman ta- uh, talked to me privately, said, Father, can you get him? <laughs> like somehow, like, uh, like uh, with the way that the church teaches, because I really want to, uh, to marry. She's Catholic, but he's not Catholic. And then, then eventually I, I talked to him privately, and then both of them too. I said, uh, for Catholic, it's a good thing yeah. so, to, to get married in the Catholic church. You're not Catholic. If you would like to become a Catholic, let me know. There's a way to, for you to get that too, done too. And he did, eventually uh, he joined the Catholic church and then I was uh, the, the priest who officiate their, their wedding. Awesome. Very, beautiful. very nice. That's yeah. so beautiful. Some yeah. Beautiful stories that these people have never seen, and yeah. but because of our saltball really get, get them together. Until our faith evangelizes them.
2: Yeah, you're all long-term uh, members of the league, um, Carrie. In the beginning, was evangelization something they were really th- there was a hope for that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That was the whole basis. That was the crux that it was built upon and to be yeah. able to to evangelize and maybe even bring people into the faith that are not involved. Like we're you know we're always open to that. Um, but really even within your church to, like Father mentioned, getting people together that wouldn't necessarily know each other, and Sean mentioned this too. And then also just to share the faith. And I think, well, at least what I've seen in my team, um, because I said we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, we skewed a little younger being from the young adult group and we started eventually branch out more to the parish as some of those young adults you know, moved away or you know started to work jobs and didn't have time for it. But what we saw was some of those other young adults were bringing friends to our young adult group, evangelizing to them, and then sports was a a way, like an outlet, to to get them to stay around. So we not only had the softball team, but every Monday night after our meetings we played basketball together. Then it eventually went Mondays and Thursday nights, because we had another prayer group on Thursdays that people would come to. So sports were really a big draw for our young adult ministry to kind of build that ministry. And you know, we see it now even just, People were all cooped up, and it's like you mentioned. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a softball league, and everyone came out because we were all looking for something to do. And I think sports really do offer that for yeah. for the people that are, are involved in it and enjoy playing. It really is like you know they're all in, you know, no matter what. And a lot of times they'll they'll work their schedule around it or make it work to be able to be there because they just enjoy it that much. And God really provided that way with evangelization for our. Young adult ministry using the sports as like a little hook to kind of, yeah. you know, get them in. Um, also, we had, as Father mentioned, you had, you know, someone come into the faith. We had one of our young adults get baptized uh, through that and another one yeah. uh, make her confirmation. So that's pretty cool how that kind of yeah. helped um, kind of foster, you know, the, the faith within them. And uh, the young man that got baptized, communion confirmation on the Um, through the RCAT program that I offer um, all at the Easter Vigil. So he was a teenager at the time, kind of like RCIA, but on a teenage level. Um, He then went on to be an assistant youth minister with me for a little while, which was really neat to see him really develop into his own. So he still plays with us today. And uh, since moved on to another Job position, um, but it, you know it's just really neat to see the different things, and it just started with him loving sports. He really loved basketball. He played basketball with us on Mondays. Hey, do you want to play softball with us this year, sure? And yeah. from the young adult group, and so seeing those things happen, I know they've happened at every parish in the league. How God has used you know the bait of maybe softball, but to bring so much more depth into that person's life and their faith. Just incredible to see that happen. I you don't know if you guys have any other stories to share in that way of evangelization and just we've seeing been, God work.
3: We've been blessed uh, both bringing uh, people on our team who were friends of ours uh, have been parishioners but not active mm-hmm. and all of a sudden based on this have become active and And they have a cousin who wanted, had came out and just played with us a couple times and now all of a sudden that cousin is active in their parish where, where they are and also people who were active but I could talk to them hey by the way do you Feel like being a lector, and you know, I can <laughs> yeah. I can kind of uh, fill out my lector schedule with some of the folks that are on our team, and we and we're blessed with you know uh, with some folks who besides you know myself obviously who are just leaders in our in our parish. Uh, Bill Brown on the finance committee, and other folks who are you know active parishioners and have been leaders within within the parish, and and are also on the team, and they are good role models for those who come on younger younger people on the team. Uh, who come out and see not only these people playing, but they're also active in their in their parish. Uh, it's We're very blessed with that.
1: It's incredible. It's so yeah. cool to see God working in that way on, on the field. And evangelization is, you know, it's, it's interesting how it works because it doesn't always have to be that, like, it very, it can happen very naturally. And I think even just the fact that we pray at the beginning and end of every game, maybe somebody that is, you know, not as in-depth in their faith, just having that prayer be a part of it, is an invitation in itself to, hey, maybe I should pray a little more to God. You know, maybe.
2: You know, there's some truth I, to that. We, we, um, you know, our team, our team is now defunct. Uh, we've been <laughs> defunct for the last couple of years. Although my my son is very upset about that. He's like, how do we don't play? Started back anymore? up, Mike. Hey, Started back up. Uh, uh, well, you know, we, we have a new pastor, so hopefully that'll that'll happen soon. Um, but I but that the prayerfulness was something I always kind of enjoyed because um, you'd have. You'd have the hardcore people like, you know, yourself, Carrie, who, uh, you know, we... Can't start a meeting ever without I saying know. a prayer. But then we'd have other guys that um, were really kind of uncomfortable about it. But mm-hmm. as the season progressed, they would, you know, you would sort of trick them into saying the prayer, and then eventually they would volunteer to say the prayer, usually mm-hmm. to settle everyone down so we could start and start playing. But uh, but that was always beautiful for me. I'll, I'll I'll never forget that. We had a guy on our team by the name of uh, Phil. As a matter of fact, he Phil Hesser. He's been as a matter of fact, he's been on the podcast before. He was uh, he did our Marvel podcast a few few years ago. And he's going to come back on again this summer. Or do another special episode of cool. uh, a Marvel episode, but um, that's not but,
1: with me, is it?
2: Well, yeah, it can be if you I'm, want. Not, not a Marvel me. person,
1: so you don't want me <laughs> to host that one.
2: Um, but but I was thinking, I was actually looking back through my Facebook page today, and just how many people I'm still friends with from my softball league, um, even though the softball the softball league or for us, our softball team doesn't exist any longer. Right. And uh, and I love it. I mean, because you cause you you know uh, these kinds of opportunities really do offer a lot of fellowship, which. In the daily life of a parish sometimes is a little difficult you know you mentioned it kind of earlier um, it's hard to get together it's hard to find a common reason to come together other than Sunday mass and you know some other and particularly right now where there's not a lot going on in any of the parishes to have an uh, opportunity to, to play a sport where it's naturally socially distant um, you know not a lot of people on top of each other on a, on a softball diamond um, and still getting a chance to see each other again and spending time with each other again. And like Sean was saying, where you'll see somebody from who, who goes to the 8.30 AM mm-hmm. mass instead of your 4.30 P. I love that, actually. That's a, that's a great point. Because we do get kind of, we get siloed. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity to, to not be siloed. Now, I'm curious. Do you, for any of your teams, will you get fans that will come out?
1: Yeah, I think this is, it has built momentum but I'm gonna say Father Fromm's team Absolutely. has the most fans i ever seen Absolutely. the entire town comes out to yeah. Yeah. wait it's an away game it's 91 degrees at 6 o'clock and in comes about 20 fans for Christ the Redeemer from Echo, 20 minutes away and I'm like this is our home parish I put it on our parish Facebook I did a live stream earlier today and mentioned it and we have five fans so like, I'm like Christ the Redeemer wins for fans it's pretty amazing to see your support but we have like the, some of the parents of the players some of the girlfriends and others of the players. Um, My husband was there tonight for his first game of the season watching. He usually plays, but he came with my son. So you have that generally at my game. Occasionally a few parishioners, um, but some of the other parishes I think, Totally outdo us in this. I think early on we had fans, and then everyone's kind of over it. Like ten years later from our from our Lady of Peace. That's just me speaking.
3: I, I would try to bring my family as fans, but most of them play on my team. So I was going <laughs> to say he, he yours is
1: literally a team. Literally a team. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, My brother, my two sons, and my one daughter play. Uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty so. cool.
3: Yeah, I'm very I'm very blessed in that
0: too. Yeah. I think for my parish, uh, probably because I'm abnormal, <laughs> 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 a priest. Uh, uh, not many priests uh, play. Uh, uh, softball, play sports uh, on uh, uh any team. Yeah. We say it's like, uh, or oh, their their parish. So I'm a bit uh, different, abnormal in that sense. So people are, are kind of kind of curious. Okay, father, he's look all serious, reverend <laughs> at church <laughs> in mass. But like when I see, uh, well, I heard. Let's say I heard that he's like uh, going like crazy, like running around <laughs> in the field, like talking throughout the whole game and all that, making jokes and all that. I had some fans eventually, some parishioner eventually say, "I want to be there. I want to." Win. You, you yeah. forgot
1: one aspect: <laughs> playing first base and making a catch in left field. You forgot about that too. Like Father yeah. problem is yes, at yeah. every position somehow.
0: <laughs> so uh, I think that, that that's the part. So I try to help the people at, uh, and and uh, my team too that the faith is not just like in church only, yeah. at mass only, in church, in the church building. It's out there, it's outside, up to the, church, the church's doors. That's how you really practice uh, and manifest your faith, your relationship with, uh, with God and with each other. So, uh, so that's the key point. So in this case, it's the softball team. I, once in a while, I try to re- remind my teams that guys and girls, try your best. I want you to play as hard as possible. Try your best. And at the same time, have that fellowship, okay, have that fellowship, enjoy each other's uh, fellowship, and have fun yeah. have fun too have fun I reminded them uh, again t- today I said, all right, keep that in mind now, good game, try your best again. I would like to see that give it all that's what I want I want to see I want you to give it all on the field, and at the same time you know have, have that fellowship know who we are. Uh, to build that fellowship and uh, have fun. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's something I try to say, have fun too. Yeah. So not all serious. Yes, winning is very important. It's joyful <laughs> And at the same time, our league, uh, it's not all about winning in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I have to give the league a lot of credit for something else too. It, you, you talked, Carrie, I mean, Gave the impression early on that it was kind of a, you know, youth group, advanced youth group, young adult kind of thing. But the truth of the matter is, I remember playing with guys in their 60s and 70s, yes, who, by the way, could still rope it as yeah, well. I mean, yeah. they're hitting balls all over the place. For sure. Um, you know, Sean, your your team was never what I would refer to as on the younger side. You guys no, besides, have, his kids. besides his kids.
1: your
4: kids, besides your kids,
2: but I mean, your your team was always really good.
3: Yeah, we yeah. have. Uh, I'd say we have two players and there's two players 70 plus. And one player, uh, sixty plus, and uh, you know a couple of us in our fifties. But uh, yeah, we're we run the entire spectrum of age, from eighteen <laughs> to uh, eighteen to seventy plus. Wow, couple couple new hips, couple new knees in there, <laughs> and uh, we're uh, we're still hanging in there. But listen, they love to play. I mean, they, and they're good. They, yeah, they want to be out good. there. Uh, they want to be out there and be part of it. And they, we have practice for like Phil said. Phil said the exact what I would echo. We have practice a lot, and you would say, "Wow, you know, are you practicing? You know, really looking to you know hone your skills this and that." We come out, we take some infield we do a lot of BP so everybody can tease everybody else when Mm -hmm. it's their turn up at (laughs) that and then we hang out after we hang out after and I get 13 14 people to come out for for practice in in the summer when it's hot and that's the reason why they want to just be out there together yeah we just hang out the other night we practiced and we just hung along the fence at our field probably sat there a half an hour 40 minutes just sitting hanging out and talking yeah. Uh, it didn't go nice. anywhere but and, you know and it was in the shade and uh, and that was that was great but that was typical and you know and I had two of the 70 plus guys out there out there practicing which was insane I said you guys just need to <laughs> chill out and just come come to the games but now they, they want to be a part of it uh, very good stuff.
2: Just to give credit to, to Sean too, the first time I, I went to play against uh, St. Charles, um, he's out there. I, I couldn't remember. If, I can't remember if he's playing short or third, but he's out there and he's, he's just taking BP. And then the game starts, and I'm watching him out there. And I'm going, "Why is Cal Ripken playing on the left side <laughs> of St. Charles?" Like, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who has real game? He yeah, has excellent game. Yes. And uh, the, that left side of the field was way too good, by the way. Um, but but it, it is what. But the thing was, so okay, so he's great, right? And all of everyone out there was great, but his father, God bless him, uh, recently passed—not uh, somewhat recently passed—the nicest human being on the face of the earth. Um, the most supportive human being I've ever met in my entire life. It's rare that you hit a home run against that team, or against any team, except I hit one. I'm brown the bases. You hit a home run. Well, most of the time I hit a home run and turned it into a triple. Okay. But this was one time I actually made it home. And his <laughs> father was so sweet. He was like, good job, Mike. I'm so proud of you. And as I'm passing home, like, it's nice. So we were losing by uh, 13 runs, but it was still sweet of him to do great. it. So that's great. I always have such great memories of your father, yeah, Sean.
1: Thomas he was a good guy. He was unbelievable.
3: Add... I, I tell the story all the time, and nobody believes me. But when my dad was a coach for me when I was younger, and he was all about everybody has fun, everybody plays every position, you know, nice and easy. My dad, as the softball coach for St. Charles, was not that guy. <laughs> you got to run that out. You got to run that out. And, you know, if I guarantee if the game was close. <laughs> And you rounded third. He would have been already yelling at whoever either pitched it or didn't catch the ball out in the outfield. My father was very tough on us as a as a softball coach for St. Charles, which is hilarious, and we all laugh about it about it now. It's, a it's uh, he was something else, but he was. Obviously, the reason why there's a there's a team at St. Charles and the reason why uh, I get to talk about it right now is because of my dad and because of the the uh, impact he had on everybody who's out there who still wants to come out and play because of him.
1: Yeah, he's a good guy. I never forget. We didn't have enough softballs and I was going to order them. He said, no, I have a bunch. I'll put them on my porch. Come by. Pick them up. I got them for you. And, and he had them right there on his porch and pick them up and I thought I, I never forgot that I just thought you know what thanks you know that was really that was that was genuinely just so kind you know just to help us out just have enough softballs
2: I'm curious Phil do you have any uh, memories from your time like any any like truly great uh, memories of your time either playing either your team or yourself but you're just kind of look back on every now and go yeah that was a moment
4: I remember that <laughs> well, I mean it did it's it sort of broken into sections is the best way to describe it. Um, when we first started, and of course Carrie knows, it almost was just Holy Family versus Our Lady of
1: Peace. Yeah, it felt like that for a while.
4: And, you know, there was old beaten down field that you had, and we'd go out there and play, and you'd swear you look at the left field fence, and I said, I could hit that. But then you get out there playing, and you couldn't hit that, mm. and, you know, it was... It was a learning experience in terms of um, being with people of the same mindset. Namely, obviously, uh, I played baseball growing up. I played all kinds of sports growing up. And every single one was competitive. Competitive not only for the team, but also competitive what position you played. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're always worried about, gee, I come up to bat. i got to do this, or I'm not going to be batting next game, whatever the case may be. Um, But whether it was you know playing the early games against Carrie's team playing games against saint charles now um playing with father fom i mean i'm usually the catcher he comes up the the back and forth between him and i just me <laughs> trying to get him off his game um those are the things i remember you know i'd come up to bat and there was no pressure because our lady of peace didn't put pressure on us Mm -hmm. st charles doesn't put pressure on us you know i don't believe for a minute they want me to succeed when i go up there um but i truly believe that they want me to hit the ball and you know have fun yeah whether their guy makes a great catch or whether I hit a dribbler in the third base and makes a great throw, whatever the case may be, I truly believe that about every single one of these teams that we have. And that's what I want all our players to experience. One of the things that that changed uh, about the way Holy Family recruits, for lack of a better term, is for the longest time, we would put a message in a bulletin and see you get a couple people come out of whatever the case may be, but really wouldn't get that big influx like he did right at the very beginning. And I was like, well, what are we doing wrong? And one day I was, I was and dropping off some paperwork and then the secretary for the, the parish said, well, how are you doing getting the team together? I said, it's not so good. You know, I'm only getting a couple of people off the bulletin and stuff. She goes, well, that's your problem. I said, you not want the people who show up to Mass to play softball. You want the people who aren't showing up to Mass to play softball. So between... John Kalitz talking in the back of my head about including everybody. And, and, and her realization to me, I started contacting my players and said, do you have a son or daughter? Do you have a next door neighbor? You know, whoever it is, bring them out. I would start sending the emails, Said, look, if you can't make, come to practice, ask your next door neighbor, ask your cousin or whatever it is. Right now, I, I'd say our team has, we have father's daughters. You know, my nephew plays for the team. Uh, And and that has grown, and I think I said this to Sean earlier in the year, where we actually feel like a family now. Yeah. And we all have the same faith because we now have included people who, those are members of our parish, at least at that point in time, have included people who are of the same mindset, want to do the same thing. And now I see some of those people in church, who I would never seen before and only seen him play in third base. Yeah, um, And that, probably more so than any hit I've ever gotten, any call I've gotten right in terms of switching players in the outfield, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, has made it all worth it to me. You know, there were times that my wife will say, don't you want to stop coaching? You've been doing it for seven years now, whatever the case may be. And She does not like the fact that come February, (laughs) I start putting together softballs. I start (laughs) talking with Sean about let's get the meeting, putting stuff together. Uh, But she's she's out there every single game. And, um, you know, she's seen not only the change in me, but the change in in what the softball team and the league has become. Um, So I think that's the most important thing is the fact that each of these teams – has stayed strong in their faith. And the fact that each of these teams survive shows that faith-based anything works. That's a great
2: way of putting it.
1: Right.
4: So
2: maybe Sean said this earlier, that, uh, and I think you might have alluded to it as well, uh, Carrie, you know, about the rules. That it took you a long time to Mm. to come up with the rules. So for people who might be listening, who might want to start up a team at their uh, parish or maybe uh, diocese that might be listening and want to create something like this similarly. What are the rules for you know generally the rules for your softball league that might be different than different. another league? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, of course, we begin every every uh, game with a prayer and with the prayer. I think it's so important to include that component. And actually, going back, we actually have a well, we didn't this year because of all the lockdowns and everything, but we usually have an opening mass. As well so I think just keeping that faith aspect right in there from the start is a great place uh, for you to you know begin. then after that as far as like little rules and things well we've changed a lot through the years I would say to we've adapted a lot from other leagues and, and Sean and Phil you've done a great job with staying up on like what other leagues are doing and where can we adapt it into our own league to make it work um, some of the rules were adapted for co-ed so we have like a female cone out in the outfield so that our outfielders can't pass that cone when a female is at bat until contact is made and that has helped uh, to allow and foster some of the females to be able to um, not only just get on base, and I'm speaking for myself here as well, but really to allow them to gain confidence when they get up at bat because what happened is the whole outfield would collapse and you had like two infields and you just feel defeated without even the ball being pitched. But when we made that rule, it really helped across the board. I think all the female players, uh, there's a couple other specific rules for female players that we've incorporated with uh, trying not to turn double plays. but I think we also take a lot of safety measures, which is a really big thing with the league and, and how it's developed. So, of course, there's a safety base at first, and we also now have a safety base at home. So there's no, uh, it's always a force at home. There's no um, sliding into home, and there's no tag outs at home. And that has avoided a lot of collisions, a lot of uh, ankles being rolled and people being just colliding, and that has helped a lot in the league, I think. and And it makes it. You know, it makes it fun actually. While they're coming in, we're all every every team does this they yell outside bag, outside bag. Because <laughs> if you take the wrong home plate, then you're just oh, you lost a run for your team in and out. So you just it's not good. <laughs> but uh, I remember that it happens. It happens. It's happened, and we you know it's funny because we our team th- there's a lot of camaraderie in our team because again it's a lot of the young adult ministry even still today of the current members, some ones that just turned 18, some of them, and they like the bus chop. So you know we we'll be at our meeting that Monday night following a game. Hey, can you believe it? got out at home like you're, you're just not gonna oh man why did that happen you know so it, it has fostered a lot of camaraderie that way um but we really have adapted a lot of those you Phil and sean you guys were really the uh the heart behind this i don't know there's a lot of other ones i i probably I mean, missed along the way
3: a lot of it was incremental you know this year what what were the what were the things that were kind of uh stumbling blocks during the season the previous year so you'd say mm-hmm. all right what what did we have some you know kind of a lot of uh discussion during the season about certain things. So it was, you know, the safety base at home was one where we said, you know, we had a couple collisions at home plate and, you know, somebody got hurt and we, we're trying to avoid that. So what do you do? So there's, you know, other leagues that a- adopted uh, the safety base at home. So I said, you know, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we keep the co-ed aspect. So we say we must have a, a female player out in the uh, field every inning and you must have one in the first 10 spots in the lineup every inning. That's, that's a rule. And, and that was important because you wanted to make sure you had, you kept the co-ed aspect of the league, which was very important for this league. I think mm-hmm. as a, uh, as a uh, Catholic league, I think it should be a co-ed league. And I think you want to make sure that you, that you keep uh, the rules in there so that you're keeping uh, female players engaged and you're keeping female players active during the game. And not only that, it, because you set that up, the, what follows is you bring female players with talent into the league, and we're playing teams, and you see that on every team. You see the quality of female talent is, uh, is outstanding, uh, which raises the overall level of talent in the league, and it just it, it lends that, that sense of, wow, we're really doing the right thing here. Uh, and you know there were there were a couple other rules along the way obviously we talked and joked about umpires <laughs> <laughs> it was great when you know when you had the base coaches making the calls but i i think to make the game just move along and and have that just uh impartiality to it you, you bring the umpires in and you have the umpires there to uh to officiate and you know and it just, like I said, it moves the game along and makes it makes it a lot easier to coach and have fun. Those there.
1: ties at first, it was always hard to make that call. I hated <laughs> coaching first or third. I was like, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't yeah. know. It's hard. Uh, well,
3: you you guaranteed the makeup call the following inning. Right. Any close exactly. play is going exactly. to be <laughs> safe, depending on what you did then. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just has it's really progressed over the years. And we look back and we've come a long way. And every year we host this coaches' meeting and we do We rehash the year, we talk about it. You know, people will come in with even some notes ready to go, and some of the rules go into effect. Others, we say, well, we discuss it, and eh, maybe that's not so necessary, and we take a step back from it. But that's what's nice: was we can even all sit around and say, how do we want to develop this league? How do you want to keep it going forward in the right direction and, and with the right momentum and the right focus and that has always been true over these ten years to, to really see it progress. And I want
3: to I want to give a shout out quickly to uh, Doug Dugan, St. Rose, who's been in the league for a long time. Yes. Great uh, great team there. Uh, Our Lady of Hope, Gammy Cologne Kev- coaching over Kevin there. Kevin too, right? Kevin yep. helps uh, out. Yep. Kevin Little, uh, they've also been in the league for a long period of time, almost since the beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, you know they're a big part of, of the fact that we have all these teams. Teams that are uh, you know that get it and the, that are part of this uh, that are part of this process and also Infant Jesus Parish uh, the, the COVID really affected them I think more than the other teams but the fact that they came out last year played a whole season as a brand new team and did and did very well uh, you know we're looking forward to seeing them back next year
1: yeah yeah and you know this year was it was different yeah we we normally have a season that runs what beginning of april for practices and all and about may at right before mother's day or right before mother's day we start our, our 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 games runs all the way through july and kind of wraps up by the end of july with playoffs and championship of course this year was cut completely short you know and uh, we had to make adjustments, so uh, we decided to make it just a, a year of just fun and relaxing. We felt that that was necessary given the times and the stress everyone was under and think different people coming at it from different perspectives. But uh, I think I'm just thankful that we're being out there playing, and I think that has been our, our greatest focus these last few games of July that we've had together, and it really put together a nice feel uh, coming off of a lockdown, quarantine, no masses, to be able to be back to church and be back to the ball field has been a great feeling to kind of come off of, well, we're still in the pandemic, but come off of the, the difficult moment of the pandemic has been really helpful for all of us.
2: I have to admit, I, uh, so I guess I played three years, three or four years before my, my team uh, shut down. But um, I always love that I miss it all the time. But I will will admit to you that the thing I miss most about it is because I'd always bring my camera Mm-hmm. And because I'm a professional sports photographer, um, I, my goal was to make everybody look like a superstar. And I'd like to say that I succeeded. <laughs> I also took photos where everyone looked terrible, too, but I deleted those. Um, but actually, come to think of it, one of the, my favorite photos of all time is a picture of Sean's dad uh, coaching from the silent. I always nice. love that photograph. Um, the, uh, it, do, do you still have a Facebook uh page yeah
1: specifically? We do. does it get updated um, very often no. i used to be an
2: administrator <laughs> of it
1: but <laughs> I, i'm one of the administrators of it i did yeah. for the beginning of the season tagged all the teams and posted a lot the thing but so in previous years we'd have this email chain and it go out every week of standings who won but because of this year being kind of uh you know just for fun we we, we aren't keeping track of standings or anything so there's not much to update This year, but last year I did it for playoffs and stuff.
2: Well, Carrie, you and I do talk semi occasionally or all the time, depending on your perfect perspective. Let Me know, and I'll come out and take pictures of some of these games All coming right. up. I'll, we'll make do. Every, I'll make everybody look fantastic. There's
1: only one week left, but I'll let you know.
2: Well, that means less work <laughs> I have to do, even
1: better. <laughs> <laughs> do you but, want uh, to say something, Sean? Yours? No, no I just, okay.
3: I know Mike's pictures are better than my iPhone, so I did uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: a few my iPhone, to iPhone too, but I was like, eh, it's just an hourly piece. I want to just keep posting this. So I just that was like, always a
2: tricky part. Yeah. I always had to make sure I went to other games to make sure that I got everybody. So, uh, which. It's fine. They, but anyway, but guys, thank you very much for coming out tonight. I continue with the the great work of the league. Um, I look forward to seeing a full season next year when yes. it starts up. And who knows, maybe I'll even try to get St. Bridges back in the league. That would That'd be great. We'll we'll yeah. We're always
3: we're always uh, welcoming welcoming any parishes that want to join. We'll, and I think all the I'll speak for all the coaches to say we do our best to make sure that we bring the new parishes along. You know, kind of uh, allow them to find their way, get their get their feet on the ground a little bit you know help them out with logistics help them out with fields and umpires and and any other any other things that we can do because it's it's always tough the first season or two to form a new team father fam can attest to that Yes, yes yes all
1: right all right god bless have a good one guys